Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hunt in for Zubin. J. Will will be back with us tomorrow. In fact, got some work tonight to do as well as you have Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals tonight. Meanwhile, joining us right now, Stephen A. Smith. Not yet. Not, oh, now it says not ready. Lies, ready, lies, lies. And then now lie. it's not ready. So we will Why pause. Why not be ready? What is he doing? Well, it said ready. Then it said not ready. But well, he is going to be joining Hang us momentarily. Phone, he, on another call or something? Probably something happening. And he's got to take care of it. So we will discuss with him several. He, he had some serious takes lately. And obviously the Devin Booker one is something we will get to. Why, why do they call them takes? When did that start? That's a great question. When did takes start? Like that's an interesting take that you yeah, have when about did, when takes. When did that start, though? I don't know. Honestly. You didn't hear takes 10 years ago? No. No, right? that, that wasn't a, it wasn't a take. It was a If opinion. somebody says something. It was your opinion. It was an opinion. It was opinion. When did the take Like when you wrote a come? column as a sports writer, you were a columnist, you wrote an opinion. Yes. And that was your opinion. Now they use he take. He said this. Now it becomes your take. When did that start, though? I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, what are you taking, honestly? Why is it a take? I'm not taking anything. I'm it giving. Ta- in ta- fact, I'm actually ta- giving ta- you an opinion. Sounds, it should be a give. Take sounds outrageous to me. That's why I don't ever use take. Take meaning what? Like you like mean, somebody it sounds like you're a, going out on a limb? Yeah, it just sounds outrageous. taking like you're a just risk? You're saying something because you don't believe it. When a person says, well, this was his take. Well, he's saying it makes it sound like he doesn't believe what he's saying. And in Stephen A's case... Anything that Stephen A. says, I believe it. he believes it. No, no, he, he He's not going to say conviction. something just to say it yeah. for somebody to tune in. He don't need that in his life. Now, it's saying ready, so I'm guessing he's ready. Stephen A. is now he's ready. ready. Finally. So, joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Stephen A. How are you? What do you mean, finally, Key? I've been ready. Oh. The fact is, I was listening to y'all debate the take. When did that come into play, man? Take, opposed to you know opinion. What? You, you, you know what? I think social media, uh, social media taking it and using the kind of, of input or the kind of opinions that you have and then attaching a the headline to it so they can get clicks for themselves, I think that's when – you know, the industry got contaminated to such a degree because for me personally, you know, and Alan, you would know this key. I was in the newspaper industry for many years, you know, working first for the New York Daily News, starting off as a high school sports writer. And then I went to the Philadelphia Inquirer, where I ultimately became a columnist in in March of 2003 after 10 years at the paper. Mm -hmm. And so what a lot of people don't realize before the advent of social media and beyond you had to go through the terrain, beat writer, investigative writer, or features writer, or anything like that, before you had a license to editorialize and opine and express your opinion. You literally, yes. in the newspaper business, were not allowed to express your opinion unless you were a columnist. And so when we went into the newspaper industry, that's when we were given that license, when we ultimately got the title of columnist. Greats like Michael Wilbon, Kevin Blackerstone, and the late great Ralph Wiley, and 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 J. A. Adande, and and others. You know, I was like the 21st African American in this nation's history to become a general sports columnist because a lot of black folks in the world of sports weren't given a license to give their opinions. So to me, when I hear people say take and stuff like that, I just ignore them because I know the path that I worked through to get to a point where you had a license to give your opinion as opposed to just getting on ESPN or Fox or any place else and all of a sudden everything you do is a take. For a long, long time, 
you weren't even allowed to do that. That didn't occur until about maybe a decade or so or a little bit more than that. Before then, you weren't even allowed to give your opinions. You had to work to become a columnist in order to do that. Well, you don't have to do all that right now, damn it. You can give your opinion anytime you want to because you Stephen A. Smith. That's right. Host of Stephen A. Smith's World on ESPN Plus exclusively. The only place you can get the one and only Stephen A. Can Smith. Can I jump in, though? Because I do have an answer on the take thing. Yes. All right, Ray Dinahan, who's been a longtime producer at the ESPN, uh, 98.7 ESPN in New York, texted me. He said, it's short for takeaway. What's your takeaway from the game or what's your takeaway from that thing that happened. So that's how he explains it. Take. Mm. People don't use it. So everybody understands. People don't use it right. But look, check this out, man. You had an opinion. Now, I need you to elaborate, explain the way you would to me. Devin Booker is okay. the next Kobe, Jelly Bean, Mamba, Bryant is what you say. Mm-hmm. Explain, explain where you're going with this because I'm have a hard time kind of – Swallowing that peel. The brother, the brother is so young. He's got a J. He's got a handle. He's got a mid-range game. He's got a long-range game. Um, he can create his own shot. And he's got an assassin's mentality. He, he's a killer. He's a killer. So I'm looking at it from that perspective, and I'm telling you right now, when you look at him and what he brings to the table, this brother is something special. His game is incredibly similar to what you've seen, what you used to see from Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul. It's that special. When I think about Donovan Mitchell, the way he slashes to the basket, even though he has a better three-point shot than CP3, I'm sorry, than Dwayne Wade ever had, the bottom line is is that his game is somewhat similar to Dwayne Wade's. And Devin Booker's game, if you look at him, is very similar to Kobe Bryant. Can can Booker have that same kind of box office appeal that Kobe had? It felt like Kobe had that the minute he walked into the league. There was something special about him. Now, it took him a minute to really get to the level uh, as a player. But still, there was right. something about him that you just felt like there's something special about this kid. Does Booker have that, you think, the snap, crackle, pop that we're just learning about now that he's on this I, big stage? If, if, if Phoenix continues to win, yes. But I think that in fairness, here's what you have to realize about Kobe Bryant. Remember, Kobe Bryant came into the league and his immediate teammate was Shaquille O'Neal. Jerry West, the great Jerry West, had moved up in the draft just to get him. And so because he moved up in the draft, and, and, and I'm sorry, swapped picks uh, with Charlotte and the Vlade Divac and all of that other stuff, Kobe came with that level of a lore. Plus, it was still back in 1996 where it was relatively new that guys were coming straight out of high school to go to the pros. So all of those things contributed to the elevated profile that Kobe Bryant had. He was in the Los Angeles market. He was teammates with Shaquille O'Neal. He idolized clearly Michael Jordan. He had a lot of swag and was willing to talk that smack. All of those things combined with what Jerry West did to get his hands on Kobe Bryant and what he had proclaimed about Kobe Bryant contributed to the allure. Devin Booker didn't have that. So he didn't have that, plus he's in the Phoenix market, plus they will lose it his first years. All of those things contribute to, you know, the fact that it doesn't measure up to Kobe in terms of the allure as of yet. But he is here now. Everybody knows it. And I'm here to tell you right now, watch his game, look at his game, and then think about all the things that you've seen from Kobe throughout the years and tell me that you see something that doesn't mirror what you saw from Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's what Keith said earlier in the show, too, about the market and how the market was a big part of why Kobe became Kobe. Stephen A. Smith joining us right now 
on the Goodyear Hotline. Remember, Sports Center special tonight with Stephen A. Seven Eastern on ESPN. It leads you right into NBA Countdown, which sets you up for Game Two of the Western Conference Finals. Stephen A. Uh, uh, I wanted to ask you a football-related question here because it's something that Mike Tannenbaum said to us yesterday on the show mm-hmm. that both Key and I like. Mr. CIA says something? All right, I want to hear this. That's what I call Mike Tannenbaum. Mr. CIA. He is, I love Mike, by the way. It's all in fun. I love him dearly. But let me tell you something. He is the master, the master at speaking and saying a lot and telling you absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, that's when, when well, he, he said GM. a lot here. You know that's true, Keyshawn. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. He says a lot here. He says a lot here, though, because he said it, and both Key and I were like, did he just, did he? And so we had to listen back. So take a listen right now to Mike Tannenbaum talking about the Dallas Cowboys. To me, they are the second-best team in the NFC, and here's why. Lyle Collins didn't play last year. Tyron Smith only played in two games. If they can get back two really good front-line offensive tackles, a franchise quarterback, I love Dak Prescott. You have two bonafide number-one receivers, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, a great Zeke Elliott. That defense is young. It's going to get better. I'm a big believer in Dan Quinn. They drafted defense up and down that draft. I think they're going to come out of it at least with two, maybe three stars, most notably Micah Parsons. So even if that defense is average this year, and I, again, I think they're going to improve as the year goes on, this is going to be a prolific offense, and they're going to be hard to beat. He said the second best team in the NFC. We thought he was about the division, but if you hear it back, the second best team in the NFC. FC, the entire conference. Stephen, your thoughts? Well, I don't think it's it's beyond the pale. I mean, I think that when you look at it, I mean, obviously, if Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay, they're formidable. We know who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. Um, Seattle is Seattle. Even though their defense was not good, they still got Russell Wilson, and they can do some things. The, land, the Rams got an elite defense. But I don't mind him making that assertion about the Dallas Cowboys. As a matter of fact, I love it. Because people keep forgetting. They know how much I despise Dallas Cowboy fans. It's not the Cowboys. You know, listen, Michael Irvin's a friend, and, and, and I loved Emmett and Michael Prime when he was there, Troy Aikman, the whole bit. And, and I love me some Jerry Jones as well, along with Stephen Jones. It's the Cowboy fans that are nauseating and disgusting. I can't stand any of them. Uh, they're the fans <laughs> of my existence. And any time they, they are miserable, I am happy. Because I can't stand Cowboy fans. Young, old, black, white, Latino, I don't give a damn who they are. You're a Cowboy fan. I ain't fond of you. Okay? That's just the reality. But here's the thing that everybody's missing. The Dallas Cowboys, on many, many occasions, talent-wise and on paper, could have a lot of positive things said about them. I never told you they were scrubs. What I said was, what can go wrong will go wrong. (laughs) And any time there is an if attached to this organization, that if shows up to be the huge question mark that gets in their way right on time. You can book it. Somehow, some way, they are allergic to prosperity on the football field. They'll take it everywhere else. They'll steal a headline. You know, they'll make news. They'll be interested. Right up until around the time that stuff is supposed to be manufactured on the football field, and they will come up short. It could be because of anything injuries. It could be because of off-field shenanigans. It could be because of the spotlight. It could be because of the new version of the White House in Dallas, Texas that Keyshawn can tell y'all about. Uh-oh. I don't give a damn what it is. It's somehow, some way, <laughs> right when you need them to, they will fall on their face and it'll happen again. It's 25 years and counting. 
I ain't miss a beat. They got four playoff wins in 25 years. I ain't worried about them. I think, I, I think they're going to be all right this year, though, Stephen A. I think yeah. they might be okay. They're going to win the division. Hey, hey, Keith, they're going to win the division, man. Yeah, I think they they're might be the okay division. this year. They, I think they no, might they be win the okay. Division. Well, let me say this to you. They're going to win the division, but here's the beauty. I hope Mike Tannenbaum keeps saying that. And I hope you and everybody else keeps saying that. Because then Dallas Cowboy fans' expectations will elevate significantly. And before they fall flat on their face. See, it's no fun. It's no fun when the Cowboys lose early. Because then you run out of things to tease them about. It gets old. You know, no. I want them to suffer. So if that means expectations because they're winning in September and October, so long as their holidays are ruined, I'm good. Man, you I'm stop good. stop being a Scrooge, man. Jeez, Stephen A. It's just Cowboy fans. It's just the Cowboy fans. I can't stand them. I, listen, man, I had this woman. She had to be, she had to be in her 70s. Rolled up to me at an airport. And I was like, I'm here thinking, like, like most folks, they come up to me, they want to take my picture or whatever, or they want to debate me. They want to ask me a question about something that I said. She came up to me and she said, I only have one thing to say to you, Stephen A. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, how about them Cowboys? I said, good Lord. Good Lord. They've all, they've all, they've all, I had a cop pull me over and give me a ticket for speeding 10 miles. Now, we all know speeding is not good. You're not supposed to do it, but damn it, I do it, okay? The bottom line is this. I was only going like 10 miles over the speed limit. The man pulled me over on a New Jersey turnpike. Okay, I went on TV and brought this up a couple of years ago. On the New Jersey Turnpike, the man gave me a ticket after I never saw a cop take 30 minutes to give me a ticket. Kept me waiting, gave me a ticket, and said, how about them cowboys? And walked away. They're everywhere. They're like cockroaches, okay? They're everywhere, all right? But they're going to form a nuclear bomb drop. Cockroaches and cowboy fans will survive. This is who they are, but it's okay because they will they will fall. They will be miserable. You mark it down. Hey, Stephen A. I don't know how, but it'll happen. Let's get back to basketball real quick, man. What what should the Sixers do with Ben Simmons? Fix his other hand so he can shoot, uh, or get rid of him? Trade him. Get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 I don't say that easily. This is what I mean by that. The brother is twenty four years old. He's six ten with a nasty handle, a beautiful basketball IQ, passing ability, an elite defender. He was was number one on my list for defensive player of the year. My vote, I gave him defensive player of the year, even though he didn't win it. It went to Rudy Gobert. But he was my defensive player of the year. Here's the deal. He's so petrified of shooting. He can't shoot and what have you. And the reason why I have a problem with him, you've been in the league for four years. And for the first three years, you were playing under coach Brett Brown. And you defied him when he insisted that you shoot the ball more. You didn't listen to Elton Brand. You didn't listen to him. You didn't listen to other people. Hell, you barely even listened to your own agent, Rich Paul. Okay? Everybody and their grandmother's been telling you to shoot the basketball. You've had four years to work on your game, and you didn't do it. You're out in Cali chilling, hanging with the Kardashians and all of that other stuff, but you never took the time to work on the weakness in your game. And to me, that's a bad sign. When I can look at you for four years and I see as electrifying as your game can be, particularly when you're going downhill in the open court, when you haven't made any changes to develop your game, I can't mess with you. And that's a big thing to me in this day and age, and here's why. 
back in the day, man, before me, before you, Keith, and others, you had people having jobs after the seasons were over to make sure they could make some money. These brothers don't have that problem. All you have, you get paid so much money, all you have to do is do your job. That's it. That's your only job. And you're taking, you're not taking advantage of those opportunities. And I think LeBron complaining the other day about the league typifies that even though not being in condition or not working on this game doesn't apply to LeBron because we know he does. But to complain about injuries and all of this other stuff, when you had four and a half months off from March 11th when the season was postponed to bubble play, and then 22 of the 30 teams went to the bubble, okay, another six was gone after a month. And so basically 26 teams or so were gone by September. All right, so they played for about six weeks, six to seven weeks before coming back in December. And to sit up there and complain and act like that's a reason guys weren't prepared, it doesn't talk about the league. It's telling on yourself as players, you ain't working on your game. You truly, truly are on vacation. You're not doing everything that you can to maximize your potential. I harbor no sympathy for that. And that applies to Ben Simmons, too. You get paid over $30 million a year, and you attempt four shots, and not a single shot in the fourth quarter of four consecutive games. Yo, man, you need therapy. <laughs> you need a work ethic. You need a whole bunch of stuff that I don't have time to work on with you because I need Joel and B. I need to maximize that potential while we got him here because we don't know how long he's going to last with his myriad of leg and foot injuries. I would trade Ben Simmons if I could get Wiggins plus a first-round pick from Golden State. If I could take get C.J. McCollum from Portland, I would do it. You've got it. You know, when you said you need this, you need that, he needs accountability because of what you pointed out. You're too young to not have your game get better from year to year, and that's one area of his game that he's young enough to have worked on to make it better. We'll see if maybe this is the wake-up call he needed. Before we let you go, Stephen, I, I, I do need to get, if I could, like maybe a grade or a little assessment of Key and I and our performance on first take. I don't know if you noticed, but I had a suit on both days. I can't say the same for my uh, partner. Well, no, you know, Key's going to be Key. Key's going to do what he's going to do. And, you know, that's my big brother right there. So I'm not, I mean, it's not like he didn't need to look good. The shirt, the, the, the sneakers, the pants were a little bit tight, but that's neither here nor there. In the end, in the end, what it came down to is that I thought y'all both did an outstanding job filling in with the exception of Key's A-list. I didn't appreciate him texting me <laughs> acting like he taking over the A-list. I thought that was very, very disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? I mean, High, I, highest I rate, highest rated a, show, highest rated segment on that show that day. I'm just saying. That's not well, what I well, heard. Well, well, you know what? It, it's, still, it's still, remember, you got to understand something. It did rate higher than any segment I ever do. That's the bottom line. And number two, <laughs> and number two I would never come. I would never come on a morning show, never come on a morning show and try to take over the morning show. So I thought and text him about it. So I, I'm going to have to discuss that with Keith. But by the way, you know, like I said, he is my big brother because when I think about the dinner, it's not like he's treating. I'm the one that's treating. So, you know, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> Steven, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the time. No doubt, man. We'll be Love watching. You. All the best. Again, a special uh, Sports Center edition, Stephen A. Smith, tonight before we lead into NBA Countdown, before we lead into Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. So, I mean, he's not wrong. You did kind of just, like, 
take over his segment. I'm just saying. It's just naturally, it just comes that way. I have no, I didn't plan it. It's just that's just but crossing out his name. That was aggressive. I didn't do that. They well, did who that. did that? The production. I thought you demanded that. No, I didn't. I, demand. Thought, I thought it was that's supposed the, to be this is Stephen A's is. list, and you were just going to say I'm going to fill in, but instead nope. you had the name crossed out. Well, that's because that's what they put together, and I roll with it. It was going to be natural anyway. Taking over. Yeah. It was just, that's just how it flowed. Felt good. It was Me, nice you, that he Charlie. watched. Appreciate that he watched. They moved us to like we were ESPN on the Ocho. Mm. Thir- three or something. Yeah, we we really got downgraded a lot. So, yeah. but this segment was good. That's all that matters. Coming highest up next rated segment of the show, and even Evan said it's the highest rated segment of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. the same guy who got his job for his dad got it. <laughs> How dare you! Coming up next, though, a big story, a landmark story in the NFL. But how should it be covered? Let's discuss that next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, and on Sirius XM, Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So a story that was yesterday, I believe the story broke at some point right after our show and became big news of the day. Carl Nassib coming out on Instagram on his account, feeling like he needed to say something, feeling comfortable enough to do it. And, you know, key as we talked about, it's... You know, the reaction has been what it should be, encouraging and whatnot. I also, as I talk to you about it, media perspective. I don't want to see reporters overreact to this story. Well, they got to react to something, right? They, well, they got to sell newspapers. It, but, you know, this, they get clicks. They got this. You know how it goes, man. They well, got everybody's chasing one another. So they've got to write something and say something. I mean, they, they're not going to ignore it. No, you don't. It's not to be ignored, but it's also to me can become something that it's a, now you're heightened and you're watching every little thing. Competition's competition. This is going to be a time in a game where someone's going to have a problem. Well, that's your problem, Carl man. Ness. You, you work in that business. Yeah, I do. LZ you Granison. And, you and LZ. Yeah, LZ Granison Ger- also Ger- does work in the business. He joins us right now. Germ spreaders. From 7 to ESP. Germ spreaders. How offensive is that? LZ. Here you go again with no audio, man. Oh, we got what the, technical you, issues. There oh, wait, is. What? There we you go. It worked now. <laughs> it's on a delay. Part. See, it wasn't me. It was a little bit of a delay. 
I just like the fact, Key, you've been in the media now that you were longer than you were a professional football <laughs> player. True. And yet you still want to call yourself, you know, a football player, not a germ spreader like me. No, as I've said to you many times, none of my badges to get in and out of any events say media. None of them. They say analysts. They say everything except oh, no, no, no. media. There's a little part on that that tells you your access, and that's your media portion of that. But still... You are media. Right. Just the fact that you have a badge. You have a <laughs> badge instead of a, a ticket. Badge. That tells you you are media. <laughs> Clearly, LZ, you know why I reached out to you yesterday, as I always do, <laughs> in, 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 in these situations, because yes. you can bring some very, very uh, enlightening and, and positive and awareness to these issues that people see. Um, Call Nassib, obviously – the news yesterday of on Instagram coming out and you know saying hey I'm the I'm I'm gay and becoming the first whatever that means active NFL player. What was your response not only to when I text you but when you heard the news? Uh, well, first of all, it's, it's 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 awesome to be on with you, Key. As always, you know you're my boy. We we got stories, homie. We got stories. Um, you know, I cried, Key, for about 15, 20 minutes when I saw the story. I was working out. Uh, I was getting ready for my radio show out here in L.A. You know, the one you abandoned us from? <laughs> <laughs> Stop. That sounds I, uh, personal. Bigger and better things in life, you know? Oh. I'm, I'm like I'm like MJ, and I took it personal. So, uh, <laughs> so we were, I was preparing for the show, going through my head, you know, the takes I wanted to approach with about the playoffs and et cetera. And then I see this bulletin. And I checked real quick to make sure that it was actually true. So I checked and verified against some other sources. And once I realized it was actually the news, I just wept for about 15, 20 minutes um, because it was a dream come true. You know, and I equated a lot to uh, how a lot of people, a lot of Americans felt when they saw Kamala Harris become vice president or when they saw Barack Obama become president. And I'm not equating the struggles of race or the color or the struggles of gender in the same. We all have our same paths, but we also have our same, our own dreams. And for a lot of us in the LGBTQ plus community, this was our dream. This certainly was one of my dreams. And so I wept because it was a dream come true. LZ, I, when you, we had you on earlier in the, in the month, uh, I did ask you the question that you, you reminded me too about Jason Collins. I said, when will we see a professional athlete, a current one, come out and then right Jason Collins uh, certainly was that guy um but you know then we talk about well who will be next and now with this the question I have for you is will this then lead to others saying all right you know what he did it now I'm going to do it like to say like it's almost like I don't want to use the word example but you know what I mean the the the, him Mm -hmm. him doing it does it lead to maybe others who have been staying silent to say you know what Carl did I'm going to do it now Well, representation matters, and it doesn't matter just because you need to check a box. It matters because it inspires um, others to do what you're saying, following your footsteps or following the footsteps that have laid before you. But, you know, I want to real quick just go back to something that you guys discussed before I came on, which was this notion of the media and how should this story be covered. My hope is that our network here and all the networks across this country cover it in context. In other words, There are more than 250 anti-LGBTQ bills that have been introduced across this country in this year alone. 
So I do not want to hear anyone on this network or any other network say who cares about Carl Nason. Who cares that this player is gay? Who cares that he's come, that he's come out? The Supreme Court last week just gave another ruling impacting my rights as a gay man. So don't tell me Carl Nasib coming out doesn't matter and don't greet it as a, who, as a who cares because that's your privilege speaking. Your privilege says that regardless of the outcome of the Supreme Court decision, my life is not impacted. Privilege says regardless of those 250 bills I just talked about, my life isn't directly impacted. But if your life is impacted by these bills, if your life is impacted by the Supreme Court ruling, then you absolutely do care about Carl Nasib. And also, if you're one of those individuals who don't believe that LGBTQ people deserve the same rights, you too are impacted by Carl Nasib. So I would argue that a lot of people care, and thus it is the responsibility of media, of journalists, to cover the news. And caring is part of the news. LZ, you've been around the block mm-hmm. a, a very long time, and, and Carl, obviously— You call me old, dog? Well, I mean, no, I'm not really calling you old. You, you are old. No, I'm talking about around sports a long, a long time and having had— You know, you, we, we, you and I, we just—we we talk all the time anyway, and we work together on right. the deal, and we've been in marches together and everything, but you've been around the entire block. You know a whole lot of different things, and— when you look at Carl's situation, right, he's got to now go to training camp. A lot of eyeballs are going to be on him, and I don't know if you've had an opportunity to, to talk to him or not, but if you did and if you do, what, it, what, would you, what type of advice would you give him now that this is going to, you know, it's going to change forever, obviously, uh, the way people view him both on and off the field? Uh my advice to him is the advice I give to every single person who's contemplating coming out, regardless of the field that they're in, regardless of the level of notoriety that they have. And that is make this decision for you first and in, in a bubble as much as you possibly can. And I know that's difficult because everyone's situation is not the same. People who live on the coast and live in these urban hubs, their coming out experience may be different than someone who's in the heartland or someone who's in deep south. I recognize all of that. But it's important that people all know that the coming out process begins with the person who's coming out first. And so I would just encourage Carl to just stay focused on the reasons why he came out. I would encourage anyone else who's watching, who's contemplating it, to concentrate on the reasons why you should come out. And then once you do come out, find your tribe. There are so many people, key man who's been on the on the groundwork. You know, you mentioned that I've been in this business covering this intersectionality for a long time. That is true. 20 plus years, man, I've been on this grind searching for a guy like Carl Nasip, someone who was ready to come out while being active. And where you're talking about Sid Ziegler and Jim Buzinski from OutSports, Pat Griffin, uh, Hudson Taylor. I can go on and on and on with so many people who don't have the, the notoriety but have been on this grind building a network, building support with Nike, with ESPN, with so many other sports companies, so that this person, when they came out, will feel supported. So I would say, first, remind yourself why you came out. You did it for you and your own mental health, not to be a spokesperson, not to be an advocate, not to be a hero, but just to be free. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, then you reach out because you got a tribe, man. We out here. Mm-hmm. You know that. You yeah. keep texting me all the time. Man, y'all here. Y'all here. Y'all here, too. Yeah, dog. We everywhere, I, I man. I mess with LZ all the time, you know, because that's my guy, so I could, I could do those sort of things. It's a funny story I always like to tell, and LZ could tell it uh, whenever we, you know, have an opportunity to. So two years ago, 
Oh, is it? Yeah, about two years ago, we went and we marched in Los Angeles during Pride Month, and I was with LZ, and we it was also in conjunction with Black Lives Matter. And uh, we're walking down Santa Monica Boulevard. We stop at a light. Tell the rest of the story, LZ, because I think it's, <laughs> I, it, it's just crazy, though. Tell the rest of it. Well, as you, as you can imagine, you know, a six-foot-four, uh, handsome, dark-skinned black man in the middle of Pride, you know, you might get some looks. <laughs> so Key got some looks. And this one young fella approached Key and, you know, kicked the tires to see what was up. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Key, you know, I, I've never heard him say his wife's name so fast before. <laughs> but, you know, shout out, shout out to you, Jen. You know, we love you, girl. You know, it's all good. But the best part was that uh, this, this young person was covered in glitter. And uh, he asked Key if he liked glitter. And Key was like, nah, man, I'm good. I, I don't need no glitter. <laughs> I don't need glitter. And I'm like, Key, man, it's not a euphemism. He's just literally asking you if you like glitter, man. Man, he was uh, he was too close, LZ. Come on, man. He was talking about, do I want it? I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want no glitter. I got to explain that to my wife, Jen. <laughs> like, either you, way, you know glitter is, is it's hard to explain glitter, no matter what the context is. The glitter part's hard to explain when you get home. But I, just, Yo, <laughs> man, I love the LZ. It's day, not a euphemism, and, Key. <laughs> it's, it's, but, and every gay guy doesn't like glitter either. So you know, it's each his own, man. It's each his own. But the best part of the story, though, for real, though, was one, that this young person felt comfortable enough to hit on Key. Because I can remember being that young person's age and not having that courage. And I know many people within my tribe who, when they were that age, would not have had that courage. So the simple fact that young, that, that young fellow felt strong enough and confident enough and comfortable enough to roll up and that key was comfortable enough to, to decline his, his, you know, him hitting on him without being homophobic. Mm-hmm. That is the goal, man. That is the goal that we're working towards. And hopefully with Carl coming out, uh, more and more people can see that the goal isn't to say who cares. No, that's not the goal because that just gaslights where we are right now in this country. The goal is for you to respond as if it was someone that you were attracted to or that someone that you weren't attracted to you respond to them in the exact same way with respect. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Respect. So well put. We'll leave it right there. LZ. All right, brother LZ. Always I'll talk, talk to, to you, you later. <laughs> One day you're going to call me about my Lakers, man. That's what I really want to talk about. I want to talk about my Lakers. Well, you're from Detroit. You got, so. you got Buck on. You got Buck on, you know, doing his two cents. And I loved it yesterday. But, you know, you know, Key, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because you brought that up quickly. Ty Lue says that because the Lakers aren't in the playoffs, that Laker fans should be rooting for the Clippers right now. And I saw like this dual mm-hmm. hat on social media, like some kind of Clakers thing. That doesn't happen in L.A., does it? Well, you're in New York. How many Mets fans are rooting for the Yankees? None. How many Nets fans are cheering on the Knicks? None. Right? Do you see the Buffalo Bills saying, well, we're not in it, but let's go Giants? No. So I, so I can appreciate where Ty Lue is coming from. But I ain't the way it works in sports, no. man. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because, you know, as I said, New York as I said he people. still has some ice on his head from that bump when Iverson stepped over him oh, when he was on the floor. On. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> LZ, we got to run. Take care, man. Thank you. All right, LZ, I'll holler. LZ, Anderson again, co-host of Dono, LZ and Cap, ESPN 710, also host of the Life Out Loud podcast as well. All right, so coming up, you know, call the roulette, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's next. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. All right, we go to Caller Roulette, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And yes... Kick the tires is <laughs> one way. <laughs> LZ, LZ funny, right? He's hysterical. I love you, man. Yeah, I love you, great. Man. And you guys yeah. have such a great report, too. It's an awesome. And, and like I said, I and find he says it. says I left him for dead. It's like, great. Come on, to, man. I took a better job. But that's not how you put it, though. Yes, it is. You said you went on to bigger and better bigger things. Bigger and better things. Which makes him feel like, oh, you left me ah, back you guys here are, in the dust. I'll catch up with you later. I got Those are my guys, though. Line, let me see. What did we hit? Line two. Line two. I'm Dennis from Delaware. Totally against amateur players getting paid or any benefits. I I don't need uh, the quarterback of Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State doing commercials for DraftKings and getting money for why? it. Why? 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 What's the reason? Why? Why? Because it, it'll compromise the integrity of the game. How? How? How Where? It, that doesn't make any sense. How does that impact the game if he's just getting money in his pocket? How does it oh, impact yeah? the game? Well, you don't think money could change things? You, you want 16-year-old kids getting money in high school now to go to play for Duke and Villanova as well. Oh, now? Happen- you think that's not happening <laughs> you, now? You said now? Oh, my oh God. okay. Mm, yeah, mm. you're right. Where you been mm. for the last 50, 60 years? Raw Recruits is a book from the early 90s. I Have, did you, you not see that. Blue Chips? Did you well, not? That's, I mean, like- that, that's fiction, but I mean, Raw Recruits <laughs> is not fiction. Read that book yeah, first. Yeah, it's fiction, but Get at the back same to time, about it's how fiction this is based on reality. Now a new thing. Oh, my goodness. Stop. Compromising. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. Spin it. How would you take that call? Why not? Well, it landed on two. Line Why one. Board take it. Yes, sir. Uh, Jason here. I'm just calling to say uh, Ben Simmons, he, he's going to fix all it. He's going to fix the shot pretty easily, actually. All he really has to do is just start writing with his shooting hand. This is the same thing that Ben, uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, Ben Simmons and LeBron, they all do this. They write with their off hand that they shoot with. So they cannot, you know, they give it, I did this in my life. I used to do that when I first started playing, and then once I really uh, realized that was a problem, I started writing with my shooting hand, and then I ended up playing a semi-pro well, why, basketball. Why wouldn't he just? Why wouldn't he just shoot with his strong hand then? Like, 
Like you're almost like overcomplicating it a little bit. Like, like why not just shoot with the strong hand? Like that's what Brian Windhorst and thanks for the call. That's what Brian Windhorst was suggesting yesterday. Is that from what he's hearing, they might try to get him to switch back to his strong hand and shoot that way and give that a shot. Look, he's got all off season. You heard Stephen A. say it. He has not put in the time. At least those around him suggest that he hasn't put in the time to to make a, a weakness, which is a fundamental uh, part of the game, a strength, or at least make it better. It it's time for him to but, do it but now. But it needs to start up top, though, right here. In his brain? It's all here. Mental. It's all mental to start with. He won't even shoot. I can get five points in a four-game quarter. I mean, but, in, a, in a game of four quarters. He won't shoot because he's not confident in it, so you better. That's why shoot I think this is the here. time. Start there. Yeah. Start there. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Start there. Then work on your shot. All right, roll it. Spin it. Line six. Quickly. Hello. Hello. This is me? Yeah, it's you. <laughs> okay. I got two things. Quickly. Both of Stephen A. Smith. He needs to listen to his own advice when he's saying Devin Booker is anything like Kobe Bryant. And stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. <laughs> well, was that? Did you have another one? It's legal in most places. Uh, I thought so he had a second. We good now. He had a second point, but still, that's one take. Though we'll see. Hey, D Book on the court tonight. ESPN. We'll see if he can do what he did in Game One. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at six Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.